This episode of Blurry Photos is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity. Now, did you know they asked us not to read an ad? Isn't that sweet? Oh, thank you, Cards Against Humanity. That is so kind of you. Enjoy the show. Tonight on Bullstone. With the closing ceremonies of the Summer Olympics, American sports fans turned to their favorite pastime already with the preseason underway. What slutty Halloween costume will you be wearing? New study finds poorly conceived think pieces on millennials are entirely the fault of millennials. On top of spaghetti all covered in... Fleas? The new weight loss trend of sprinkling insects on your pasta and how you can avoid it later. The National Science Foundation issued a press release today saying there would be no further scientific endeavor until everyone could get on board with what we've already found. Ryan Lochte identifies assailant as Lindbergh Baby. As an American sports reporter, I'm convinced. Here we go round the mulberry. Kush? How teens are getting high from a beloved topiary. Later. All these dong-dangling stories and more tonight on Bullstone. Welcome to Bullstone. My name is Dave Stecco. Hi, I'm David Flora. On loan from, I don't know, a car dealership? (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? By the way, have you thought about the RAV4? (laughs) I do think about the RAV4. RAV4. And joining us for this amazing episode of Bullstone, you don't have to just listen to our stupid voices. You can listen to his stupid voice, too. That's right. Oh, my. Everybody, oh. please give it up on the bus, on, on the car, in the in the cubicle for Grant. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? You might know him as General Ironicus. He's known generally <laughs> as Ironicus. Uh, you might also know him from the History Honeys podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brand, man, is he brand new. sweet history hunting honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The, yeah, the spanking just fresh out of the box, yeah, right yeah. out of the dealership, Dave. <laughs> Yeah. Hardly a mile on her. Like a new Toyota RAV4. Really smells good. <laughs> he he paid for the undercoating so you don't have to. <laughs> uh Grant, how, how have you been? I'm doing well. I'm doing I'm very glad to be back. Uh under glad to have you. much improved conditions. <laughs> oh yeah. The last time Grant was here. It was uh, snow sleeting. Like it, oh. there were there were puddles of slush up it, to the I knee. I was positive <laughs> that that wasn't gonna. That we weren't gonna. I thought you were just saying because I'm not there with you. No, 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 no. No, I remember that night because I was like, no way, Grant's gonna cancel. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm supposed to be there, and I'm, I don't want to. I'm there. a dependable guy, and that's why you can listen to History Honeys every other Tuesday. Uh- <laughs> nice. Ah, so slipped it in. So, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, History Hun- yeah. Honeys. And- uh, like I say, it, it's a brand new show. Uh, returning listeners will know that I write in every once in a while, and that uh, you came on one of my shows, Six Feet Under. But this is brand new. Uh, my wife and I take turns teaching each other about historical topics from the past. So, like, if you want to know about 
the the deadliest single building fire in, in history, you can listen to us get sad about it. Well, mostly I, I get really sad. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like disasters that happen on land. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> oh! How how about the deadliest shipwreck on the the Great Lakes of all time? <laughs> I get really sad in that one. But uh, ha, ha, or. Uh, me talking about the, the creation of the Comics Code Authority or uh, just a sampler of significant uh, political TV ads. Like uh, I love all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is a very interesting podcast. I do encourage people to, to go check Thank it out. Uh, the one I started with was the Iroquois Theater mm-hmm. Fire. Uh, the Iroquois Theater was here in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you can learn a little bit about uh, the town that, that we both reside in and that Dave is an expatriate of. And, yeah, uh, and in exile. <laughs> uh, it, so it's very if you ever uh, get, get a little homesick, if you ever just miss it, uh, in a few weeks I'm going to be talking Haymarket, so come on down. Oh, man. Sweet. <laughs> so uh, so what percentage of the podcast is not violent? <laughs> oh, no, no, we're, we're scripting a, a Magic Kingdom episode oh. just, just to sort of combo break the, the tragedy. Yeah. All the deaths Sweet. that have happened at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Disney World, so I will absolutely, I can't wait for that one to come out. Mm-hmm. I'm a gigantic fan of Disney World. Is that going to work out for me? Uh, I don't know. I haven't recorded it yet, so I, I, don't, know, right. I don't know what she's going to spring on me. Uh, sweet <laughs> so what you you guys do is take you, one of you will do the research right and then tell the other one about mm-hmm. it and then the other will color commentate exactly yeah yeah so it's very fun i have to ask you are uh you're you're not a theater uh background person are uh, you? only as like a hobby that i gave up because i did it to meet girls then it worked mm-hmm. so i stopped <laughs> and <laughs> See, that's the mistake that most people make. <laughs> yeah. Gets in a lot of hot water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, so so your wife does have a theater background? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She uh, has a degree. She currently teaches theater to, nice. to youngins. So, yeah. Very nice. Uh, I, I just, I bring that up because there was a lot of musical discussion. In oh, there yes. And, and she did sound like she knew. Oh, yeah. She knows her stuff. Her she way knows. around <laughs> when she was talking about the, the backstage stuff of mm-hmm. the, the theater fire and stuff. So. It made me. Uh, it made me think. Maybe. Maybe she mm-hmm. has has had a hand in this. So yeah, that's uh, that's something that you can uh, go check out. You're on iTunes, obviously. Absolutely. Uh, it's. Uh, I'm sure it's linked in show notes, but it's historyhoneys.podbean.com. So you can go there, grab the RSS, and plug it into whatever you want. Grab it from iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Store. We're we're everywhere you want to be. Cool. We'll uh, we'll circle back and and remind everybody how to get there and stuff towards the yeah. end. But for now, what do you think, Dave? Yeah, I think let's let's dive let's dive into some some stories. Uh, Grant, Grant sure. Let's give you first swipe at this. All right, all right. Uh, That's I, a word now. I I knew what I was getting into. It's not my first uh, uh, radio, so I got a little something for everybody. Uh, <laughs> now now, Flora, uh, you're a fan of, of the ghost hunting. Sure, and, and uh, Stecco, there's a bunch of <laughs> yeah. There, there's a bunch of nudity here. Wait a minute! Ah, it is something for everyone. Wait a minute! <laughs> You're such a polite guest. And uh, sorry, Poindexter, I'll be over here with the nudity. <laughs> and uh, j- just there are s- naked ghosts too. S- sprink- <laughs> sprinkle in a little. Yeah. Sorry, Ray stands. 
sprinkle in a little uh, 1800s American art, uh, uh, and uh, now all three of us are happy. Because <laughs> you know me, hate nudity. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Married for three years, never seen me out of my long johns. Uh, yep, never, <laughs> never nude. nude. Uh, but in any case, there's an art exhibit that is trying to attract a ghost with live nude models. I saw that headline, and what better way to attract a ghost? Because <laughs> you know what you're thinking about after uh, over a century in the grave. That ass. Well, can can I? Should I make a remark, or, sh- or do you want to keep? Should we let you keep going? No, no, r- remark away. <laughs> I'm a guest. If you're a ghost and you have the ability to just come <laughs> on out and see, why are you not doing it anyway? <laughs> no, because here's the thing: these nudes are curated. Yeah, They're professional nude models. This isn't just like wandering through the locker room at the YMCA. No, it's wandering through the locker room get. at the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> the point is that yeah, it's about curated nudity. Mm-hmm. It's artistic because they are attracting an artist. I like my nudes free range. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's our T-shirt. We've been looking for so <laughs> we've been looking for such a long time, and we figured it out on the wild savanna. The artist models <laughs> frolic and gamble. <laughs> But uh, unaware, unaware of the predator in the reeds, <laughs> it's a ghost. It's a fucking ghost. <sighs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, so, so there's this uh, uh, Philadelphia artist, Thomas Eakins, and he was a realist, and he was obsessed with like uh, Thomas uh, well, Eakins. <laughs> Eakins out of living. Hey, uh, he, he was all about realism and part of his idea of realism was just the nude form is as real as it gets y'all uh, so he, he got fired twice for <laughs> having uh, male nude models in, in classes with uh, female artists it was just <laughs> way across the line like they, they would come in in loincloths so like one day in class give me that loincloth Whoop, boom Next day, fired. Uh, hmm. there, there's another story yeah. of uh, one of his female students wanting to like figure out the motion of the pelvis in, in this figure drawing class. So he invited her into his office. And then uh, God, this quote is fantastic. I want to find it. Yeah, don't, do not mischaracterize him at this point. <laughs> Make sure we're crystal clear. So uh, this student, Amelia Van Buren, uh, wanted to to figure out how the male pelvis moves in this figure drawing class. So uh, he invited her to his studio where he undressed and, quote, gave her the explanation as I could not have done by words only. Oh. <laughs> now, the thing is... By the way, his wangsness is named <laughs> the explanation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one of my other favorite quotes is that... Uh, the female nude is the most beautiful thing there is in the world, except a naked man. But I never oh, <laughs> agree to disagree. <laughs> so, so like, if you're going to attract the ghost of of Mister Eakins, this is the way to do it. But the more the the so now we have a background to who this guy is. When, when was he operating? Smooth operating? Uh, like the the late 1800s. Like he started okay. painting in 1870, and I don't think he lived to see the end of the century. Okay. Wow. But so they they've got these uh, EMF detecting robots, four robots looking for for electro ghost sign. 
Uh, so one of these robots is holding his original watercolor box of paints and brushes and will open it upon his command. How the robot knows what it's picking up is directly a open box command. I don't know, but I'm not the roboticist here. These are like uh, Rob the robot from the Nintendo days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. The, the second one will move a red armchair that Eakins used in many of his paintings. So like they're, they're just bringing out these familiar objects of his life. The third will mix colors based on EMF commands, and the fourth will control an arm to draw any image Eakins' ghost directs it to. And there's about a dozen naked men and women hanging around, <laughs> posing to summon the ghost of Eakins. Getting 12 bucks an hour. <laughs> yes. Why do they need robots to do this? Well, are you going to trust human psychics? Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> is, but is he? <laughs> Well, only if they're nude. That, that's his whole deal. <laughs> Too much plating on that robot. Yeah. Remove it, please. Could you nude oh. it up for me a little? <laughs> Where's this? Uh, where, where are they doing this uh, uh, experiment? This, I believe that this is uh, the, the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts, or PAFA, because you need a really uh, punchy acronym if you're going to, to do art. The PAFA. <laughs> It, oh it's, yeah! If it, sounds acronym, like, it sounds more like it sounds more hard enough. <laughs> it sounds more like you get punched uh, <laughs> by a ghost. That, that's one kind of punchy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so somebody got a grant to do this. Is oh, it? I imagine a lot of people. <laughs> like, there's the robot guy who's going to get a grant. There, there's yeah. the the curators in collaboration with the Pennsylvania Fine Art Engineering School. <laughs> that's that's pretty amazing. So so far, nothing, huh? Or have they not started? Uh, I don't think it started yet. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh. So ju- just to make it the perfect bait, this is being held on the 100th anniversary of his death. So the yeah. ghost is going to have the perfect bait. <laughs> no? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> Go away, baiting. <laughs> yeah, not now. Not now. I, uh, uh, Jody Throckmorton, PAFA <laughs> contemporary art curator. What? You think Throckmorton isn't a perfectly cromulent last name? <laughs> uh, but, but Jody Throckmorton says that, uh, unusual activities like screens moving around during the night have been reported. This may already be a haunted PAFA. Wow. <laughs> the, the silver lining is that it is also an installation of Eakin's art and photography, so. No matter what happens, he'll be there in spirit, but maybe in spirit. <laughs> Did he, was he from around the area? I, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a big uh, Philly guy. Okay. Hmm. You know how those Board Philly guys are, lo- loving the male nude form. Yep. Baiting. Mm-hmm. Baiting. I like that, though. I, I think that's how more research should be done with nude models. And you see, it doesn't have happens. to just be the paranormal. You could. You could just anything, everything is is improved with some nude models. And I'm not saying they all have to be female. We found uh, the Higgs boson. You'll never (laughs) guess where. (laughs) (laughs) Any thoughts, Dave? On that? (laughs) that, Other than my undying support for it, although never to be realized in a fiscal manner. uh, No, I think that, I, I mean, I don't know. I. As much as I laugh at it, there's there's kind of a 
a little piece of it that I can kind of uh, understand. You know, like it's it's a spirit. It's a it's a, a, a an echo of somebody's soul theoretically. So mm-hmm. why not try to appeal to it on an aesthetic level instead of a scientific one? Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. Have the proton packs ready. <laughs> okay, a uh, hundred years after your death, uh, someone yeah. is curating uh, a gallery of your greatest works. Don't even ask him. He doesn't give a. <laughs> about the living yeah, yeah. once he's dead man, you stepped you stepped in it there because flora is there's, so mad at me there's nothing people uh, can put out as as some sort of buffet to to get some emf readings off your ghost no no see this is what makes flora so angry is that we've already had this discussion and he's furious and and disappointed in me that i have already said like once i'm dead i'm out i'm moving on if there's a light i'm going to it if there's a cauldron a lake of fire cannonball <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he's he's not a, he's not coming back to to tell us no. shit. i i have no one the minute i die i'll be like oh glad that's over <laughs> do, 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 do. i assume once i'm dead i'll be happier that's <laughs> my central thesis yeah i'm not unhappy now i just my genuine belief this is that, month like, on bullstone yeah. clinical depression <laughs> right yeah that that Things sounded really real i i I just mean that, like, I don't know. I assume that if uh, if there is an afterlife for a soul, that the second you die, everything that when you were living will just seemed extraordinarily trivial, which is probably why no spirits come back to talk to us, or at least very, very few. <sighs> it's just so gauche. The living. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, why would so, I want to go back to my elementary school? I don't even know anybody there. <laughs> Wait, so it's so true. you're saying that every ghost that may or may not have been sighted is just the most boring-ass person? Yes. Yes. You never, ever want to meet if they were alive. Exactly. They're just, yeah, they're like hanging around their junior high even though they're like 23. Yep. They're, all ghosts are the worst people. Eakin sounds pretty interesting, so I guess uh, I, I don't rate their odds very highly. Right. I feel like he found something way better than nude people. Nude angels. <laughs> yeah. Nangels. Nangels. There, there are so many more bodies to dissect so we can get proper anatomical reference up there. <laughs> right. Yep, that's yeah, what exactly. he's doing. That's another thing. They should have a dead person flayed open if you want to attract they- Eakins. That is another thing he did. <laughs> Here's the thing. They don't need to. They're higher dimensional beings. They can just peer through the layers. Oh, man. That's what I'm saying. It's going to save a lot on, like, smock costs. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, gosh, how much more can you, uh, what kind of, like, better equipment can you afford when you don't have to pay grave robbers all the damn time? <laughs> Not much. And corpses ain't cheap. Flora, uh, what, 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 do you, what do you got up next? Uh, I have a bit of scientific uh, tech news. Ooh, coming I like from technology. Uh, yeah, this is actually coming from the uh, uh, UIC Chicago uh, news page. <laughs> okay, there has apparently been a breakthrough in solar Ooh. cell uh, technology where they can capture CO two and sunlight to produce burnable fuel. Wow! Yeah, that's so, impressive. Because guess what? We have a lot of. CO2 and sunlight. CO2. <laughs> yep. So uh, apparently what's happened is researchers at UIC Chicago have uh, engineered a solar cell that, in their own words, mm-hmm. cheaply 
and efficiently <laughs> converts atmospheric carbon dioxide directly into hydrocarbon fuel using only sunlight for energy. Now, now, what does cheaply mean? Because UIC is like a five hundred billion dollar endowment <laughs> yeah, or something. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a well funded place of learning. Yeah, well, it, the only other thing it needs is crushed bald eagle skulls. <laughs> <laughs> so they they reported this in Science, I guess, magazine. I don't know if it's the journal Science. I love. When you can tell that a journal got in on the ground floor before all the good <laughs> names were taken. Yeah. It's, just, it's, uh, just, it's just science. It's the, all of it. It's yeah. all of the science. It's just science. But um, uh, they've actually uh, filed for a provisional patent, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it, this, this must be uh, uh, an actual thing, not one of them fluffy stories that you see articles for all the time. So uh, solar cells in general right now, as we, as we have them, they convert sunlight directly into electricity that has to be stored in big batteries. This, actually, they mimicked it after plants. So it converts uh, the atmospheric carbon dioxide into fuel, and they're calling it sort of artificial leaves, which removes significant amounts of CO2 from the air, and then you can put that energy-dense fuel into uh, use, burning it, I guess. Uh, and they call it a photosynthetic cell as, op- as opposed to a fo- photovoltaic. And <laughs> they say uh, instead of like a plant producing sugar from the sunlight that it gets in, these produce syngas <laughs> or synthesis gas, <laughs> which is a mixture of... stuff produce yeah, uh, yeah, fart joke. After, after, after many a Chipotle trip, so do I. <laughs> Um, it's a mixture of hydrogen and carbon monoxide. Uh, and then you can, I guess, burn that directly or, uh, you can convert it into diesel, I guess, or, or, uh, another hydrocarbon fuel. I'm really looking forward to the inaugural celebration of Cyber Arbor Day, uh, where we all (laughs) plant one of these in our backyards. Yeah. Cyber Arbor. You mentioned Lorax earlier, (laughs) OOC. That's kind of what we're going towards. And they, they say the, the ability to turn that uh, CO2 into fuel at a cost comparable to a gallon of gasoline would render fossil fuels obsolete. Yeah, it would. It would. But how much does it really cost? Well, and, and how much fight do they have to put up with with one of the most uh, uh, powerful lobbying mm-hmm. If it industries. wound up costing a tenth of what a gallon of gas does, it would revolutionize everything. It would, but right. does it? Does it? Yeah. It, well, and those are things are always hard to tell too, because when it's in the proof phase, I mean, mm-hmm. how do you how do you quantify what the cost of of a gallon of that fuel or or one fully charged cell? I mean, is it all the research that went into it? You know, like all those mm-hmm. things drop over time, um, and that's what that's where you kind of end up with a with a baseline on it. But I think that any company that is you know that 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 can bring this to market is going to do great and do i think that existing energy companies would buy into that of course they would but if they're if they're buying in i mean it doesn't i i don't i don't like like the standard narrative oh there's a car that runs on water but the but the co- the oil companies won't let it out you know like i i don't believe in that absolute power to to crush something they have an absolute power to really hinder it <laughs> I mean, oh, everybody. Have, how long have I'm we had here, the technology? Here we are. We we've, we've got a podcast that's hindering everybody. It's what? awesome. 
What are you talking Everyone about? Everyone can hinder something. Every minute people are listening to this, they aren't listening to one of my 10 shows. I just <laughs> started a few more today. Uh, right. And we've and we've further hindered, you could be recording one of your 10 shows, but no. <laughs> we got you both ways, Jackson. I'm just saying, how long have we had the technology for electric cars? And part of that is the the lobbying by the fossil fuel industry to well, keep those patents out, keep those uh, subsidies from going to any company mm-hmm. that wants to develop that technology. I further. mean, I know all about transportation lobbies. I watched Who Frame Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's but that's not entirely accurate, Flora. I mean, yes, the the concept of an electric car has been around for a long time, and and people have certainly had them. But the efficacy of our batteries. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is, it is actually our very recent, uh, developments in batteries that are actually allowing real functioning cars like the Tesla to be on the road. And that is very new technology. It's always been energy storage, not necessarily. Can we make an electric motor? We've been able to do that forever. Fun fact. I learned this weekend at the Iowa state fair, the difference between an engine and a motor The motor is run on electricity and an engine runs on fuel. Also, the difference between a prize-winning hog and some chump. <laughs> Actually, uh, Mike Pence was at the State Fair the day that we were there, and I was there with uh, Johnny Robots, friend of the podcast, and he took a he took a really uh, he, he took a really great picture of Mike Pence and posted it to Instagram, functionally saying that Mike Pence won a prize for being the largest something or other. I'll just pump the brakes there. <laughs> No, uh, I, I, I've been cracking wise or whatever, but I love this story because it's such like a middle school approach to the problem, but they made it work. Like, what we got, we need energy and we got too much CO2 because of the ways we're getting energy. Why don't we just turn the CO2 into energy? Like, yeah, and, yeah, and they did, they just did. <laughs> I love it. It's like, uh, I always think there was a, an old episode of the, uh, the Adams family where, Somebody, somehow they destroy their harpsichord and Fester's like, don't worry, I'll make a new one. And there's like this wonderful series where it's just a pile of wood and he's got glue and it's everywhere and there's just random pieces of wood clamped together and it's just this awful hot mess for the whole episode. And then at the very end, it's a perfectly finished and tuned harpsichord. And I feel like that's kind of what they did. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be interested to know the process because like this can't be the first time someone tried to synthesize photosynthesis, right? And depending on how it works, would that have any uh, implications for copying other biological processes? We just can't really copy too good yet, right? Right. I mean, I, you're right. You're 100% like, right, Grant. People are always I mean, looking at I, I, I didn't read things. this, but what if this is a step toward uh, a self-replicating molecule like dna what if this is a step toward uh the like mitochondrial reactions in a synthesized manner basically are you talking about the powerhouse of the cell i'm talking about making a real life brett spinner uh people say that he's an actor who played data no he's an actual android because that's (laughs) the only way someone could only be good at playing an android (laughs) he he plays a freaked out scientist pretty well in independence day well (laughs) Uh, freaked out scientist slash Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> <laughs> Plays a pretty good villain and master of disguise. There's nobody. What? <laughs> nobody will agree Anybody? there's something good in master of disguise. Ladies and gentlemen, the deep cut award goes to. 
I do like that Mitch McConnell uh, uh, cameo in in the Turtle Club scene. That wasn't actually Dana Carvey, right? That was Mitch McConnell. Was it Mitch McConnell? I'm pretty sure. No uh, one else looks that turtley. Yeah, Turtle Tob. Man, well, it, it, I can't find a a, uh, a dollar amount or anything in here, but they said that uh, what they use for a catalyst is nanoflake tungsten diselenide. Oh, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, that's oh, yeah. just sitting that, on the that's shelf. Why? Because of the word nano. We just got that word. <laughs> and um, uh, they said it's 1,000 times faster than noble metal catalysts. <laughs> Those stupid noble metals. And about 20 times cheaper. Uh, that's that's about the only that's about the only thing I got. Oh, okay, that is. Th- this is going off completely, but I hate that sentence construction. Like twenty times cheaper, right? Tw- that the, with the um, there's an implied more in there, which is grammatically incorrect, which goes to show how ridiculous that construction is. It's one twentieth the cost. That is how you say that in real English words, and yeah. I'm very upset. <laughs> I see this all the time. And it makes me very upset every single time. Because it's not the same thing as... Because uh, there's no such thing as cheapness. It's just the opposite of cost. So when you say 20 times cheaper, that doesn't right. mean anything. It is 1 20th. Because, and that, that would also be different than 20% of the cost. Because yeah. 1 20th is 5%. Right. I just In my head, I just had to run that through real quick to make sure <laughs> I didn't mess that up. But... Yeah, so, I mean... This is now a grammar cast. I'm sorry. We're yeah. indicting all of science journalism, math, not talking about grammar. the science. Here's, here's a, something you might like. Uh, it can not only be used in large-scale uh, uses like solar farms, but also small-scale applications, which they don't give a, a, an example for. Uh, but he said, in the future, it may prove useful on Mars, <gasps> whose atmosphere is mostly carbon dioxide if the planet is also found to have water just throwing that in there at the end but yeah (laughs) if if they're just copying photosynthesis you need some water up in there the combination of water and the ionic liquid makes a co-catalyst that preserves the catalyst's active sites under the harsh reduction reaction conditions so yeah if if we can get water on mars uh, then we can put a bunch of these on there and turn it into uh, Earth 2 electric boogaloo. Hell yeah. Oh, don't turn anything into Earth 2. That was a bad show. That's a bad, bad show. <laughs> stick, them, stick them on Venus. Have another, have a, have a vacation planet. <laughs> Suck out all the carbon oh, monoxide. Yeah. The, the cloud yeah, city you, on Venus. Yes. <laughs> yeah, what would you be left with? I mean, have you ever seen there was a, uh, the, the Russians put a probe on Venus uh, that snapped a few pictures before it exploded or burned and up. Melted, melted, yeah. And it is... It's just a charred hellscape. <laughs> there is no. I, I they like they, uh, they took those pictures before launch. That's Russia. Yeah, <laughs> that's Baikul. Uh, I feel like I feel like the 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 cloud cover is the one nice thing. It's it's like a a, a hideously deformed man like hiding deep within the cowl of a hood. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take his hood off. Let him keep it. <laughs> So, so that's what I got. That's uh, uh, exciting, but uh, I, I don't know. Probably a ways to go. I dig that. Like, like yeah, most, yeah. like most technologies. Just put a little tiny one in a pot next to like your your basil plant. Yeah, and and your little cute cactus, <laughs> and power your home. Yeah, yeah. You, you can just plug your cell phone into your flower garden. I, I bet, man. I'm Hell just, yes. Hell yeah. Why why couldn't you make a reason, car run on that? Get a plant. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't that be like the 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 exact thing to make a car run on though? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what its capture rate and its recharge rate, but those things are always improved over time. Yeah, absolutely. Would it need a battery at that point? No, right? Because it's making its own fuel, right? To to burn. Well, that. Well, that's the thing. What I what I'm trying to figure out is I don't know if if they're describing a a system where you have like a a fuel cell that charges itself, or if this is actually making a distillate product that you would put into a car. Patent pending. You don't get to know yet. Uh, It says. When light of 100 watts per square meter energizes the cell, hydrogen and carbon monoxide gas bubble up from the cathode while free oxygen and hydrogen ions are produced at the anode. So I guess it, it's hydrogen uh, and oxygen ions that, that are the byproduct, huh? Yeah. Okay. So it's just a, uh, that's just like an electrolysis. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, we used to do that with my, my friend's dad was a, a big avid model train guy when i was in junior high we'd get a big bottle of water it was a dc power converter and you'd st- stick the cathode and the anode in separate bottles and one of them would bubble up hydrogen the other would bubble up oxygen because you're electrically wow. separating the molecules and then we'd save the hydrogen bottle and light it on fire <laughs> like you do yep like, so there, like you do there you go so so there that's it uh, what do you got dive uh, I've got a, a pretty fun thing from uh, our friends over at National Public Radio. Uh, so apparently, uh, uh, Australia had a census back in 2001. And how dare they? <laughs> how dare they? And they got this idea as a nation. It would be hilarious if um, if enough people claimed to be Jedi that it would be net recognized as a religion. And so. Now, uh, and then in 2011, that number got up to about 64,000 people. <laughs> so uh, apparently they're coming up on another census and their, their, their big issue is this. The atheists are, are, are like, please stop claiming to be Jedi because it, it makes it look like there's more religious people in Australia than there really are. And that could have weird consequences because <laughs> so I mean, and rightfully so, their belief is that this will only get bigger uh, with more and more people claiming Jedi as their religion. Wow. I don't know. If I if the whole country could get the day off when Rogue One comes out, I think that's a good deal, right? I'm, yeah, I'm for it. That's a, that's a religious holiday. Yeah. <laughs> May 4th, I don't have to go to work. I would do it. Mm-hmm. Every every three months, there's a bank holiday named for an, another uh, of the your founding prophets, Lucas hey. Binks. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess every 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 religion needs a a, a Judas. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, it's this this big push by uh, the the atheists of Australia. Um, and honestly, if you live in Australia, you can't you can't believe in a god who loves you. <laughs> The whole place is put there to kill you. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, I just thought that was a hilarious fun story. I've got a I got another one here. Like I said, I've got tiny little little popcorn stories. Rabbit punches into the news feed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Man, I want you to explain all of my actions, please. <laughs> I mean, all is kind of over Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> as many as can be explained. I've, I've got some pride, but I I'm, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> Um, all right. I love this head, uh, this headline condoms filled with chili powder and firecrackers. I don't, I don't love this headline. (laughs) (laughs) 
They teach elephants to stay away. It'll probably also work for junior high kids. <laughs> wait, wait. So pl- please, what, what is the entire headline? It's, it's an African abstinence program where they just give elephants condoms that are surreptitiously filled with chili power, powder and explosives so that if they try to have safe sex, whoops-a-daisy. That's what? not at all what it is. Okay. Did you, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't fall for that? No, they're, they're making these improvised, like, uh, uh, pepper spray grenades. Um, <laughs> now, apparently, uh, Africa have finally, they crossed the border. They, haven't, they, they have enough condoms now that they can just do whatever they want with them. They Except don't, they don't need to use them use for safe them. sex. Yeah, they, they don't. Nope, safe sex has been solved in Africa because now they're weaponizing all their <laughs> remaining condom stores. <laughs> Um, because they need to, uh, in Africa, they have problems with elephants, like people in Colorado or and everywhere else have problems with like bears. Um, they're, they're moving into, uh, more developed areas because it's easier to root through trash and just take whatever they want than it is to forage, uh, naturally. So they've started making these, they'll take a condom, <laughs> fill it with chili powder throw uh put a lit firecracker in it and then just like whoop, 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 whip it at the <laughs> elephant's head it explodes there's a cloud of chili powder that is an irritant that drives the elephant off now that's a molotov cocktail of a different flavor <laughs> <Yeah>! nice <laughs> so okay these uh aren't elephants that are that are endangered from from the ivory trade these are just your run of the mill asshole elephants no, I think they, I mean I think it's the same species, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, they're in trouble. No, guys, let's get this wrong. They're all assholes. <laughs> every elephant is an asshole. But I think every element is also uh yeah, they are also uh, uh at risk and by trying to driving them away from people that might also protect them from poachers and whatnot. Okay. So they're not actually uh, keeping elephants from mating <laughs> as... No. It's, when it you hear not. condom and elephant, and you automatically <laughs> wow, think, why? Do you, Flora? <laughs> First off... You, is that what you think? Elephants don't have thumbs, so this is a cooperative endeavor. Yeah. Dude, those, t- those trunks are extraordinarily dexterous. Uh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Just make sure it's not inside out, elephant. That's, that's the trick. Yeah, that's the tough part. Nope. Nope. It is so rare that the filter catches something that when it does, I really have to honor that. Have to be a that has to be a real big one. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, so that's uh the that's just their like super gentle way of deterring elephants from entering more populated areas and to kind of uh remind them that maybe people aren't their best friends, you know, oh, what okay. with their exploding pepper condoms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is the, uh, the one time that condom use is like encouraged going off to be alone. I think yeah. <laughs> the yeah, one t- that's true. The one time you want that condom to break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, right. I, I don't know. I guess, I guess we still send more condoms to Africa, but sure. just for different reasons now. Send more chili powder. I think that's what they use more of in this operation. Yeah, and where are they, they? Where are all these? Where are all these fireworks coming from? Yeah. What if they they have different grades of of grenade 
uh, of pa- chili grenade, like the habanero grenade and the ghost pepper grenade. How, ma- how many Scovilles oh. can this condom take <laughs> before it's just too much? That's a really big elephant. You can break out the ghost pepper one. <laughs> oh, how about this? How about this fun part of it, though? While the chili bombs were successful in one community, the use of bright flashlights worked in another. <laughs> Jesus. But was it so, nearly as fun? Like, yeah, so some guy who's been trying to work on this problem, whose eyes are swollen shut with irritant, <laughs> he's missing a finger, and he just permanently smells like burnt latex, is like, wait, I, I could have just used a flashlight? <laughs> no, Son no, no. of a bitch. <laughs> oh, no. no, no, I misread this. They were using flleshlights. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you did say a it, it's, it's, a, it's a rite of passage. The bravest and swiftest young man. <laughs> no, it's entirely the other way around because there's some nerd who came up with like the perfect flashlight sequence. And meanwhile, there's like a pickup truck of assholes with exploding condoms <laughs> yeah. having the best Friday night. <laughs> like people are never gonna believe this call up npr like oh my god yeah oh wait a minute though here's the best part though so they i mean they've got like they've got like a uh like a a, re- a a redneck armory at their disposal here <laughs> that's what i'm so, saying first they start with the bright flashlight which they say has a 60 percent success rate of, of turning the elephants around then they use the loud horn <laughs> Hey, hey, yeah, you with the ears. I know you can hear me. (laughs) Then they start whipping the condom bombs. But here's the thing. They've got one more ace up their sleeve. (laughs) The Roman candle is 99.9% effective. (laughs) Whoa, that one in a thousand (laughs) elephant. (laughs) He's a hero. That elephant deserves that garbage. You just get real that's, pissed. That's not even an elephant. That is a that is a great white shark in a costume. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna need a bigger condom. <laughs> I I just love the way that sentence because it sounds like the, the general. Oh, this is the TX nine eighty three Roman candle. It is a ninety nine point nine percent effective dispersal tool. <laughs> Sprays in a fan pattern. We have our top scientists developed it. Brought him in from the United States. He's a 13-year-old from Arkansas named Ricky. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. As, as long as he's also been dispersing bullfrogs with M80s. <laughs> you want a lot of on this end. As, as long as you can mount it on a Toyota Hilux, it is completely compatible with their military technology. <laughs> Don't forget, you can also use it in the back of a RAV4. <laughs> <laughs> no, but ha- have you guys heard of the Toyota War? Like the W A R. W A R. Yes, there's it, there's a uh, somewhere in North Africa, I think Libya. I'm not sure, but there there is a uh, battle between forces that where uh, uh, a bunch of people in Toyota Hilux pickup trucks, like uh, no, I, I yeah, they repelled Gaddafi's tanks. Oh, is it's a picture that the Cookie Monster's in? Wait, what? Right? Like the, the, the picture of all the, the guys in military in the back of a pickup truck and Cookie Monster's one of them. Like, <laughs> they're all like screaming with their guns. Dave, you, anybody? Yeah, I, I, don't, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I, I do know that with that picture. I, it sounds completely insane, but I do know exactly what you're talking about. The, the Hilux is such a like heavy duty and rough and ready like piece of engineering that you, you can repel Gaddafi's tanks in them. 
Yeah, it was a a 1987 border conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chad and uh, Chad and Libya. Yeah. Um, what I really liked is um, uh, Libya was supporting a uh, opposition, which is the trans transitional government of national unity, which was shortened, which apparently uh, for how they spelled it was shortened to gunt. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're hundred percent right. They, they win gunt wins. Yeah. The acronym game. <laughs> yeah. Look, gunt like is that. gunt is gunt is gunt is gunt. Okay. Gunt wins one gunt, same gunt. Yeah. Yep, one gun to rule them all. Uh, I believe, Grant, it is your turn. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, do you, do you want to get some, some real science up in your fake science? No. Moving on. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> wait, well, wait, wait. What fake this guy? science? What fake science are you talking about, bro? What fake science? Numerology? Come on. First published study on chemtrails finds no evidence of a cover-up. Uh. What? who's funding this study who's funding it hillary (laughs) so this is a this is a quick one and i've got a better one to follow up if we do a third go around but uh basically there is now officially in the scientific literature a chemtrail study that does find no evidence for chemtrails it finds instead that they are merely contrails and and water vapor condensation uh much to the dismay of kylie jenner and other chemtrail believers. We wanted to establish a scientific record on the topic of secret atmospheric spraying programs for the benefit of those in the public who haven't made up their minds, said lead researcher Stephen Davis from UC Irvine. Now, who are these people that haven't made up their minds? I feel like there's a pretty pretty clear split. Who, who are the, con- the, the chemtrail questioners in the world? Yeah, the, the chem- well, yeah. Who's waiting for, for the studies to be published? Yeah, yeah. I'm interested, but I'll, I'll read the, the actual literature first. <laughs> my, my favorite thing about this is that like, it's such a weird scientific catch-22 because there's misinformation out there. It's your job to provide real information. Mm-hmm. But now that there's official word that there isn't, that's the same thing as evidence that there is to the people you're responding to. Mm. So, so was this was a UC Berkeley that did the study? Uh, this is, uh, well, no, the, the guy I quoted was UC Irvine. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's all California. A, a international survey showed that nearly 17% of respondents believed in secret large scale spraying programs. I would love to see a further survey of that 17% to see the huge variety of responses in what they think is being sprayed, though. Sure. That's, that's, my, <laughs> right. that's my favorite chemtrail Aluminum? If, Asbestos? If chemtrails, like, the, the uh, Illuminati comes forward and says, yep, you got us, but we're not telling you what's in it, I want to see the chemtrail civil war between like (laughs) the heart people and the the like oh it's estrogen to make us complacent people and (laughs) fluoride in the air (laughs) they got it in the water it's the next logical step aerosolized fluoride so 17 percent out of how many people did it say no uh this international (laughs) this is just some fluff science journalism sorry they they probably say things like 20 percent cheaper too (laughs) Take that, University of Illinois, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's, that's a little one. Here's one that I think has a bit more meat to it. Giant ancient structure 
found buried in your mom. Uh, two. <laughs> uh, coincidentally, yes, my mom is also two miles from Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, two miles northeast of Stonehenge, uh, in a place called Durrington, uh, Geophysical studies have uncovered the presence of a super henge that was incomplete. It was made, it was meant to be made of wooden posts. But the interesting thing about this, uh, this other than its massive size and its, uh, it being older than Stonehenge is that it was filled in and covered up. Like the thing is it, it, they found it from like ground penetrating radar and it wasn't just post holes that were left alone. It's post holes that had their posts taken out, were filled in with chalk, and everything was buried in another layer of chalk. Hmm. So, I, it, it, yeah, it was. So they saved the logs. <laughs> <laughs> Did huh. some with them, those screwy druids. We'll never know. But <laughs> so it, it, Screwids. It's more the idea that there was like, whatever was happening in prehistoric Britain, mm-hmm. there was an intentional cover up. Like, it, instead of forget it, it's like, no, no, no undo it and that's that's a very different impulse which is what i think is interesting about this okay does it have any dates or uh, or how many years ago they think uh twen- uh they they date this to circa 2400 bc where there were okay. significant shifts in religious direction in the uk uh and, and the watershed between the neolithic to the bronze age now, so uh, uh some ideas proposed by this article Religious revolutionaries in implementing change and concealing their history. Okay. Uh, suppressing the traditions of another culture. Okay. Uh, a new ruling dynasty. Like, no, no, no. We, we don't make giant rings of, of posts. Just wait. We're going to figure out limestone real quick. Yeah. <laughs> two two <Right>. miles from here. <laughs> I asked about the, the year mostly because it sounds a lot like what happened at Gobekli Tepe. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of estimated to be about ten to twelve thousand years right. ago, instead of. Uh, well, you know, people lived a lot four. longer back then. <laughs> it's e- true. Enoch, Methuselah, a lot longer. I was just going to say, biblically, yes, <laughs> a lot longer. He- here's a great quote from this article, though. That and exactly why the ancient people of England were so big on giant circles is still a source of speculation. <laughs> Oh, it's a source of speculation. Well, I don't know. I, I kind of dig a big circle. Why not? Dig a big. Right. Dig it, a big. This is this is pre-Roman mm-hmm. uh, occupation. It's also pre-Viking. Mm-hmm. The so so it would have to be like warring tribes of what what what's there at the time? Picts were the were the Celts in that in that region? You know what I mean? Like right, right. Who were these people who were undoing each other's giant circle? Right. Like how much uh, disparate religious religiosity was mm-hmm. in the area at the time to where one would be. I mean, it, that sounds plausible to me that someone would come in and say, you know what? We're taking over. We're, we're uh, defeating you as a people and we're erasing you to, to go with our way of life. That I could buy that from warring tribes. Mm-hmm. Just seems like they would have at least somewhat of a similar religion that they would repurpose it for their own mm-hmm. use. You know what I mean? Yeah, th- that's what makes it so surprising. Uh, that uh, uh, coupled with how sudden it was, because it's estimated that like what happened was only a couple months worth of work. Uh, a couple months worth of work to make what is still 
like the largest ancient monument in the UK, at least that's known yet. I guess there's a lot more ground to be penetrated with radar, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, just a couple months of, of post hole digging and then immediately s- something changes. We're going to fill all this in with double layers of chalk. Summer, summer 2017, everyone's coming to the Midwest. We're going to create a monument called Kajokia. <laughs> it's just a couple of months of work, people. We'll get some post hole diggers. Uh, well, I, I, well, we ourselves will be the post hole diggers, but we'll get the tool that digs a post hole. The government will probably come in, cover the whole thing with chalk, but we'll know what we did. And uh, forevermore, people will wonder what the f*** was happening. Post Hole Diggers is my favorite 90s post-punk band. <laughs> yeah! I-, I love that song Flagpole Sitter by the Post Hole Diggers. <laughs> <laughs> so, to, to put some things into perspective, I looked up what was going on in the 24th century BCE. Uh, this was apparently when... In, in Stonehenge Country. Right, right. well, like... Nobody, nobody's paying any attention to that area of the world. Yeah. Everybody's like Mesopotamia. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, uh, the sixth dynasty of Egypt is starting uh, around that time, so, twenty twenty three hundred. So, so these ancient Britons, what, what, whoever they may have been, were just so starved for attention. They needed to build giant round things for mysterious purposes. So, someone <laughs> would just look at them for once, please. I mean, it, it's before recorded history there, obviously. Like, it, it, well, if it were recorded history, it wouldn't be so mysterious. <laughs> uh, it's the Bronze Age. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even then, like, it's not just a switch, you know? Sure. There, there's still, it takes time for it to move geographically. It takes time for the actual cultural shifts. It takes a few generations. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking of, I'm trying to put it into some kind of historical perspective uh instead of just saying you know you know 2400 uh britain mm-hmm. uh, at the time and trying to see if there's anything around then that we can uh, like a touchstone that we can grab onto yeah that's 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 interesting and I, I was kind of hoping it was that that much older so it could have a real cool tie to go back like tepe and it's like mm-hmm. everybody buried buried something <laughs> at, you know at like 10,000 bce um well, maybe but, maybe uh, they just decided that building a giant ring of, of timber posts was really stupid, and they were so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay, we, we can't just let this lie like fallow. We need, we need to fill it in. We need to bury it. <laughs> I, we're just way, way off the mark, guys. There's a spot two miles from here yeah, that I think some yeah. big rocks would really spruce Let's up. Let's just put it over there. No, you don't want to see it right there. You, you're gonna see all this chalk right here. That's that's not what you. All right, go. Let's go about a mile down the road. No, you still. It's huge. You're still gonna see it from there. Two miles. Two miles. Yeah, like because they said mile. <laughs> three three kilometer. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. not south southwest of here. I know a plane. It's got wonderful steaks. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, I I know all about steaks on a plane, that that hit uh, viral (laughs) film. I know what you're going for, yeah. I was going for the gravy-covered delight, but okay. (laughs) Wow. What do you think it was? Do you you think it was, like, everybody defers to religion and calendar? Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, 
if it were a calendar, no matter what's going on in your, your culture, you need a calendar. So as like, it, it might've served that purpose if it were finished, but I don't think that was like the primary purpose of this thing. Otherwise, why, why would you get rid of it and get, get rid of it laboriously at that? Mm. Labor, <laughs> with expense of labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm definitely, uh, partial to the idea that it's some sort of regime change whether it's like uh, uh, religious radicals usurping power or just like one tribe of, of ancient Britain people uh, slaughtering another and be like, oh, you're making a big hole? No, no, this we're, we're erasing this hole. Yeah. We are erasing this ring of holes. Some sort of radical change happened, and that's, it's my favorite kind. It could have been a, like a power consolidation also, um, leader, leadership changes, and, and so, well, that... This isn't your grandpa's tribe, and we're not going to be having your grandpa's observatory. Maybe <laughs> ring of sticks. Calend- this is a whole, I'm doing it my way. L- like, look yeah, out. Yeah. Maybe it was too expensive. Maybe but they why, decided. Why are you going to the expense to undo it pr- properly and thoroughly? Well, so it's not wasted, I guess. So, so they. <laughs> so you don't that, waste that your whole. You've got it's all this reconstituted wood. They they made like coffee tables and shit out of it. <laughs> In their coffee shops. I, I don't know. I, I still just go back to how interesting it is that there's something from circa 2400 BC with no, no writing, very little records of any kind, but we know it was just a matter of months. Like it's mm-hmm. such a weird snapshot. How did they yeah. know that then? Is it just like wood found there? The, the time it takes to like fill in a hole estimated, I, I think. Oh. It's... I mean, I guess this could have been one person's project for quite some time. That'd be an interesting story. <laughs> but it, the, the, the time it takes to build something like Stonehenge compared to the time it takes to put some chalk rocks in a hole and then scatter a bunch of chalk over it. Like, it it's almost on the order of like, I don't know, like watching something in a particle collider compared to <laughs> a, a 24-hour news cycle. <laughs> like something that minute. Compared to the, the smallest sword of record we have for that period in that place. Yeah. Uh, just in case anybody's wondering, Stonehenge, of course, they're not exactly sure when, mm-hmm. it, when it was constructed, but they think it was between three and 2000 BCE. Right. So this is yeah, like, right, right around there. The biggest, most famous thing, they can narrow it down to a thousand years. <laughs> Yeah, they, they <laughs> apparently they think the first stones of it. They're 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 sure they're kind of sure it was. Uh, they were put up around twenty four hundred to twenty two hundred. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that I mean maybe maybe they started this. They're like, no, you know what? Wood's not going to be for sh. It's going to burn. <laughs> we're we're in a field. There's lightning. <laughs> like make it out of stone. All right, all right. Let's let's. Let's uproot these poles, use them to cart the yeah. the stones over. But let's not be sloppy. About yeah, it. Let's, yeah, let's roll these things. Well, they, they had these posts. They're round. They could be used to roll a stone. Right. <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is this is a great start. But I mean, do we really want to do this, right? I want to do this. Yeah. Not like, oh, wood. <laughs> I guess maybe hopefully later generations will replace it occasionally. Yeah. No. No. We do it once. that. I don't. I don't want no ship of Theseus situation, <laughs> we, which yeah. I just invented, never having heard of Theseus. 
<laughs> well, that, that's fun to speculate on. <laughs> yeah. I, I like your idea, though. It's like, it, no, we can't do this out of wood. If we're doing this, it's already a pain in the ass with wood. If mm-hmm. We're not doing this every 10 years. <laughs> we're doing it once. We're doing it right. I think that it was done by citizen soldiers of uh, of, of free England, and the, the government tried to cover it up. Chalk. <laughs> I, I want to imagine Red that... This Superhenge, like rather than Spinal Tap's song of Stonehenge, it's Spinal Tap's <laughs> attempt to make a Stonehenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just got halfway finished, lies in ruins. Somebody <laughs> had to come and clean up their mess. Somebody got stuck in one of the <laughs> wooden posts. <laughs> exactly. Well, I got uh, I, got, I got something here that's... Um, uh, I... Uh, I can't. I don't. I don't guess I can relate it to that one, but I can kind of relate it back to to my other story about uh, the the carbon in the atmosphere, the the mm-hmm. the climate change that's going on in the world that that Dave and I both do not deny. Uh, I don't. De- I do not deny it. <laughs> I'm paid not to deny it. Uh, I got an article <laughs> yeah. from Live Science. I, I will deny I was paid to not deny it though. <laughs> got an article from Live Science saying. Zombie anthrax outbreak oh, in mother. Siberia. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I, so, I, I did. I saw that headline. Is there a more clickbait headline? No, no, sir. Oh, there is not. Um, you know what? You've got your zombie fans. You've got that bassist from Anthrax clicking on that because somebody's finally fans. talking about him. So apparently, there's an outbreak of anthrax going on in Siberia right now that's killed more than two thousand reindeer and has sickened thirteen people. In the area, and it's been linked to <laughs> 75-year-old spores of anthrax that have gotten into the atmosphere as the permafrost is melting. They're sickened now, as in outraged at the amount yeah, of that's reindeer That's exactly death. what I was going to say. No one actually has contracted anthrax. <laughs> oh, They're just disgusting. I can't believe this. Um, Dave and I touched on this not too long ago. I forget what episode it was, but... Vladimir Putin doesn't care about reindeer people. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> um, Bold statement. Way to blacklist is Grant. <laughs> uh, so, so you're the Mike Myers in this situation, just looking spooked. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we, we, but we touched on what, what's happening. What are the things that we can expect when, uh, with the world heating up? There's permafrost that is going to have to be renamed. First of all, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just frost now. <laughs> it's just, it's just, just frost. frost. <laughs> it's sometimes frost. Things are getting uh, unlocked. Like little achievements all across the the continent, and deer slayer, yeah. <laughs> and part of this, and this goes hand in hand with that. There, there could be diseases that were, you know, people either thought are completely wiped out or not a factor anymore that are coming uh, to the light with you know the ice that's going away. Um, they they're not that concerned with this just because. They they think that the current outbreak is is likely to end quickly. At least that's what George Stewart, a medical bacteriologist at the University of Missouri College of Veterinary Medicine, said. And I guess they've got pretty good measures in place to deal with anthrax. Mm-hmm. So now that they know it's happening, they you know they've sent the uh, the med squad out there to to take care of it. But uh, it's in Western Siberia, and it's infecting the reindeer, and then. The people that uh, might eat the reindeer, or um, mm-hmm. you, you know, um, 
hunt the reindeer, they they get it into to them hunt the it. reindeer. You must become the reindeer, <laughs> which is a very smelly process. Now, mm-hmm. what what I'm worried about is I I need this to be fixed soon because come Christmas, this is going to go global. Like those reindeer <laughs> oh, visiting every home on earth. Yeah. Santa's bringing spores with him. Do you think Santa has commie reindeer? <laughs> like, Where does he source reindeer, his reindeer? No, no nation. They they just wander across the, the polar regions. <laughs> well, Santa dresses in red and every child gets toy or gets punished. Right? I'm just saying. I'm not saying, but I'm saying, bro. Sorry, not it sorry. <laughs> Man, good point. Dear Santa, I want reindeer inoculations for Christmas. <laughs> I've been very good, and I sure as heck deserve it. Please dear, don't kill me. Dear Santa, I would like make capitalism for Christmas. No, you get coal, little boy. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you work in coal mine. Little club chick. <laughs> Each according to his need. You don't need no Xbox. <laughs> yeah, so... and it, they point out that anthrax occasionally pops up along old cattle trails uh, in America, and then you know they they take care of it. I guess they, they've mm-hmm. they've got a way to to contain stuff. So, um, and I guess anthrax is very hardy as a, as a bacteria, the Bacillus anthracis, and that can keep it alive. You know, for through the permafrost and and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I guess I guess it's not that big a deal. Wait, wait. You- This headline is about zombie anthrax, and the conclusion is, it's not that big a deal. I don't know why they put zombie in here. I guess that they thought it was dead, and now it's not. Internet science journalism. Well, obviously, that's why they put it, but like, where where did they- That's my 11th podcast. It's it's about internet (laughs) science journalism. (laughs) They they think that other pathogens may still be locked away in in the Siberian, uh, sometimes frost, and- um, so, uh, there's one sentence in here that says, in 2015, researchers discovered that a 30,000-year-old virus isolated from permafrost was still infectious, though fortunately not dangerous to humans. 30,000 years 30, old. 30,000 years old. That's, what, it's what stories might that virus tell? <laughs> that now, virus knows what's going on and is with the fake Stonehenge. I, 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 speaking of clickbait, bake, clickbait articles, I saw a, uh, an article headline that was like, what did Russian scientists fight off after drilling through the i the the uh, ice layer at like Volstok or something like that? Ennui. <laughs> no, that's the French scientist. <laughs> Have you heard that, Dave? No. I mean, it's it's obviously just a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, you you know how they're they're working on drilling, drilling, drilling through the ice, and yeah. finally they they broke through to the lake underneath. It was it's Lake Volstok, right? Yeah, yeah, Vostok. Yeah, Vostok. And um, I don't know, somebody just is speculating there was a huge, some kind of huge creature that attacked them when they were down there and they barely lived to tell about it. That's the sort of thing you don't speculate, you just ask. You just yeah, ask them. That, you just that's make a, a hell movie of a tale of. to be like, well, that's what, no, you know, we got to keep that under wraps. Well, but they, they got to keep it under wraps. Uh, my understanding is that they, they drilled most of the way to the lake, but actually stopped shy of breaking through because they couldn't. Uh, and this, I haven't heard an update on this in years, but the last I heard they stopped because they couldn't ensure, um, an actual, 
a sterile seal that they wouldn't end up in uh, accidentally introducing all kinds of stuff into the lake on accident. I, I heard they stopped because uh, Bruce Willis looked at, at like <laughs> the, the countdown and, and he's like, guys, stop, stop. Yeah. The real, they, and- the, the real wealth was the friendships we forged here. Yeah, they kicked Ben Affleck off that station right off the bat. So when they say stop, it stops now. <laughs> I, I think maybe maybe it was all about the journey, and they just went home. Yeah. <laughs> just one, just arms clasped over each other's shoulders. Yeah, walking yeah. out into the Arctic waste. Oh, they all died. Uh, that was a dumb idea. Well, Michael Clark they- Duncan did. Ooh, too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Are you from Chicago? I forget if I've asked uh, you. That. I'm from Flint, Michigan. Oh, okay. So you you want to talk about some weird tales? My whole family's from Flint, Michigan. Yeah, that's one of my weird tales. Like, yeah. We we all know. We all know. <laughs> Even my sister was born there, but not me. I was a fugitive fetus. Made a break for Colorado. Oh, didn't look I, back. R- remind me about. Something when we get back to end of the show plugs because there's a there's a thing. I, okay. I sure as heck will try. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna uh, say uh, you you made a nebulous comment. Uh, I'm gonna say back. I'm gonna say it right now and Do it. Uh, hopefully that will remind all three of us to remember at the end. Uh, speaking of Flint, uh, one of my other shows is is a Let's Play channel uh, at chipandironicus.com, and this year we're doing an extra life stream. Extra life is a program where people uh, stream themselves playing games. Uh, for marathon lengths, we're doing 24 oh, yeah. hours of the Gex series uh, of uh, awful humor-filled uh, uh, platformers. We're calling it Gextra Life. <laughs> uh, it's over uh, uh, the Saturday and Sunday of Memorial Day weekend, very, very soon. So uh, we are going to be raising money for uh, Hurley Children's Hospital in Flint, Michigan. Uh, we've got a goal of 2500 We've already raised like 600 or so wow. in advanced. So I'm very nice. happy about Sweet. that. Congratulations. So yes. That's, that's uh, awesome. I, I would really appreciate it if, if you put that link in your notes too, because I, I want to help sick kids in Flint because God knows there are uh, <laughs> not a lot of worse places to be a sick kid in the United States. Uh, yeah. yeah. Send me all the links. I'll okay, put them all thank in. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's, I think that's all I got uh, about the story. It's, it's a little... Like, you know, like if it had been reindeer got sick, which caused people to get sick and crave mm-hmm. brains, <laughs> that that would have been a little bit more interesting. But uh, I would have enjoyed that more than just the boils and lesions usually associated with anthrax. Yeah, it says 80 percent of cases are cutaneous or introduced through the skin. And there these cases are imminently treatable with antibiotics and have a mortality rate of 10 to 12 percent if left untreated. <laughs> so. We kind of got a kind of got a, uh, a handle on it, uh, I think. Yeah. So, sorry everybody. Clickbait. <laughs> Dave, what do you um, what what do you got to end us on there? Uh, I've got a, a good. Uh, Give us some out of your popcorn uh, bucket. As I as I so often like to provide updates. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, this is not about the Dyson Sphere Star. Oh come on! They do have. There's something every month. About that, thing. I know, I know, but that's not what I'm talking about this time. This time, I'm talking about a uh, some new research that has come out. We we talked about this before. The uh, proposed fifth force of nature, the additional uh, force of nature that might be responsible for how we perceive dark matter, 
I hope they never like, I, I hope something else explains all these things. so They don't have to name it. Cause you know, it's just going to be the dark force. Cause everything's yeah. dark. Scientists aren't that great at naming things. I'm just going to come out and say it. The best thing they ever came up with was the big bang. And that was a, a, a piece of ridicule that stuck. Right. What happened to the days when they named things after Roman gods? Now we've got dark this and black that. <laughs> it's just repetitive. Color like red dwarf and I'm, brown giant. Wait, strike that. Re- reverse. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's they found what they what they're currently calling a uh, protophobic X boson, um, which sick of all why, these protophobes. <laughs> <laughs> The worst um, thing is they vote too. <laughs> <laughs> um, as as currently as as it is known, the electromagnetic force acts on protons and electrons, but this newfound particle uh, interacts only with protons and neutrons, and even then only at very short distances. Um, and so, what they think is that this might be a particle that interacts with this fifth force uh, that we are currently not not terribly aware of uh, that there is no other boson uh, that, that acts like this. And so, um, and that's why the, the X in the name, uh, it's not protophobic boson one and it's it's not not protophobic boson two. This is protophobic boson X. (laughs) Did you enjoy that Grant? I mean, The protophobic boson is my ex. I do a show with my current wife. <laughs> so yeah, what they think is that these these interactions are actually manifestations of one uh, of of another uh, fundamental force or another facet of one unifying fundamental force that we can't quite put all together in uh, uh, one theory just yet. So so, so it, it only interacts with the nucleus. The protons and the neutrons. So yes, I'm glad something interacts with a neutron. <laughs> yeah, seems like kind Sorry. of a lonely life. Well, exactly. Finally, it's got a fucking job. <laughs> the most anti. It's like up till now, it's like every nutrient, every nu- uh, neutron's like, oh well, I guess I'll just marry a proton and settle in. We'll make a a little little nucleus together, and that'll be my job. No. Now, now nucleon, n- neutrons can... And you got to watch out for those electrons just always buzzing around. Oh, God. They're just looking for they're, an opportunity, too. I mean, every time you, you, you look at one, you, you never know where it's going to be. <laughs> Grant, you're wonderful. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was, uh, that's all of the courtesy of the Hungarian Academy of Sciences. Hungary won a lot of medals this year. Did you notice that? Mostly no. in physics, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> Their athletics team was amazing since the North Koreans were disqualified. Hungary is, historically speaking, the most uh, uh, successful nation in modern pentathlon in the Olympic Games, which is my favorite event because it is James Bond, the sport. (laughs) Shooting. Modern pentathlon comprises uh, fencing, equestrian events, swimming, running, and shooting. (laughs) And the running and shooting is combined you run for a while, pistol shoot. Run for a while, pistol shoot. It is James Bond the sport. It was what is, inv- the, what is the what is the Winter Olympics equivalent <laughs> Bi- of that? Biathlon. Biathlon. That's yeah. the cross country ski and rifle shoot, not right. pistol. That's glorious. Uh, modern pentathlon was invented uh, as sort of a, a test for cavalry officers. Hmm. 
So it's to simulate being caught like behind enemy lines. So like as a cavalry officer, you need to be good with a sword. You need to be good jumping horses. Uh huh. But then you get trapped. So you've got to like swim across the river and run and you gun your way back to your army. That's pretty amazing. That's the way it should be. Any, any others, any, any other kernels of, of popcorn? Uh, let me check. Let me check the bucket here. I was kind of closing him as I went. No, no, that was my last. <laughs> that was it. That was it. That's all I've got for you. It's a. It's been a full full docket for for this bullstone. I it believe it has. Though. We've covered a lot of ground, and happily so. Uh, now, um, before we before we wrap up this this sweet sweet caravan ride into the desert of the unknown, where we <laughs> will all for sure die of thirst because no one thought to bring any any water. But I got my uh, guitar. <laughs> uh, Grant, tell yes. us everything that we want to know. All and right, know that we want to know everything, and some things well, we don't. If folks want to hear more of you guys uh, on something that I help produce, you can check out sixfeetsunder.com. You're looking specifically for the Urban Shadow session, but there's so many other games and so many other great guests that you can see there. We're wrapping up our four-year-long 13th Age campaign, which has got a Oof. lot of bittersweet feelings, <laughs> the, the sweet sorrow of parting to, to something that's been a part of my life for a long, long time. Hmm. Uh, on my Let's Play front, uh, you can find that at chipandironicus.com. That includes a monthly podcast where that is nominally about video games, but mostly about things that are interesting instead. Uh, but we are going to be doing something that I'm very excited about. Uh, there is a charity called Extra Life where people play games f- uh, on a marathon basis to raise money for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. We are going to be participating starting Saturday the 2nd, running 24 hours into Sunday the 3rd, that is uh, Labor Day weekend. We're going to be playing the entire Gex series of platformers, so it is Gextra Life, and we'll be raising money for uh, Hurley Children's Hospital in Flint, Michigan. Uh, the two of us uh, grew up in Flint, and so we're, we're trying to do something for uh, the place we both left behind and uh, where many of our families still live and have to deal with... Uh, like okay, uh, the the national media moved on, but the water still isn't fixed. Wow. Uh, the everything else still is only getting worse. Like Roger and me is the good old days. So th- the least we can do is help some sick kids afford treatment at Hurley Children's Hospital. Wow. And again, like we talked about at the top of the show, my latest project is a show I make with my wife called History Honeys, uh, where we teach each other about cool stuff in the past, like. The history of uh, Mackinac Island and its position as a bit of weird science and the worst fort ever. And (laughs) And uh, one man who was a crappy driver ruining it for everybody forever. (laughs) Or uh, uh, a more recent episode where we talk about the Anabaptists and, and where all these Amish people came from and a guy who got his genitals nailed to the city gate. Woo. Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do what uh, gets done to you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was not by choice, believe you me. <laughs> oh, I thought that he was protesting somehow. Uh, yeah, in a sense, but uh, things got <laughs> out of hand. Do you guys have a certain kind of theme that you go with, with the history we, stuff? We follow our interests. Uh, like we talked about at the top, we're both interested in uh things we have some personal connection to so that's why there's a lot of chicago stories that's Uh why uh this magic kingdom episode is bound to be the first 
in a Disney Parks series. Uh, that's why there's a lot of media stuff when I get involved. But <laughs> we, we aren't limiting ourselves to anything because otherwise, man, we just run out of stuff eventually, right? Yeah, yeah. T- take the, the limiting bands off, discard your weighted training clothes, and, and defeat the, the, uh, the Namekians. That's, <laughs> that's my uh, plan. Uh, and so do you have uh, that, like we said, that's on iTunes, it's mm-hmm. on Stitcher, you said, right? Mm-hmm. All the good stuff. Uh, do you have a website for it or is it just, a- uh, you can just, you can look it up at historyhoneys.podbean.com. Okay. So for all of our fine show notes and links, and, uh, you, you can also find us at Twitter and Facebook where we find, uh, uh, where people interact with us and we share things that are kind of like us, but not like, uh, that Anabaptist episode happened to come out about the same time as, uh, a revisionist history from Malcolm Gladwell. He did an oh, episode yeah. on Anabaptists, wow. which is like, way to blow up my spot, actually <laughs> funded and talented uh, <laughs> yeah. research journalist Malcolm Gladwell. Sometimes we run into that. I mean, there, there's just so many different podcasts out yeah, there yeah, you're yeah. bound to. But it, you, it is funny that with such a breadth of I, I like subject make, matter. I like to think it means we're in the zeitgeist. You right. Know? That Right? Yeah. Like, if we're doing what, what Malcolm Gladwell's doing, we're on the right track. Next Come episode on. of Blurry Photos, zeitgeist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it, it's funny how that sometimes happens. Um, in fact, Dave and I were making out a schedule the other day, and one of the things that we bandied about as an episode topic actually another another podcast nah. just released we didn't actually we didn't decide on doing it but it's just funny that if we had someone would have beat us to the punch <laughs> but See, and the, it shall forever remain a mystery the good thing is you're not a bad movie podcast because there's like a weird canon of those yeah that you both can't do but you have to do yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool anything else anything else you can think of did we miss anything um just everybody be excellent to one another that's right, Bill and or Ted. Dave, do you have any, any words of sage advice for our listeners? Uh, look out for weasels. Don't take any wooden nickels. See a doctor and get rid of it. And I'll tell everybody to go over to Facebook and like our page. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess I'll do that then. Uh, See a doctor and get rid of it. <laughs> Got a case of blurry photos? Get rid of it. Uh, blurry underscore photos is our Twitter handle. Of course, we are on patreon.com slash blurry photos. Lots of, lots of cool stuff on there. Come, come hang out with us, uh, for a live chat. If yeah. you, uh, if you, if you can, can, can pay the, the fiddler, come on and hang out with us and it's time to pay the fiddler for we, uh, we got, uh, uh, this, this cool little thing set up with audible. You can go to audibletrial.com slash blurry photos, get a free audio book, uh, download, Get a 30-day trial membership. If you don't like it, eh, don't keep it. Who are we? We're not the police of you. That's who we are. So uh, if you do, I would suggest going on the old Stephen King Dark Tower series. I'm on the last book. Dave, it's going well. I, I'm really enjoying Ooh. the last book so far. Good. Lots of cool stuff on there you can uh, uh, partake of. And thanks, as always, to the Chicago Podcast Co-op for all the cool stuff that they uh, do for us and uh, do for you as well. You can check out any of the many fine podcasts on there just go to chicagopodcastcoop.com uh and check out the whole list of fine programming you can also go to darkmyths.org check out a whole lot of other cool uh, shows about history and 
uh, mysteries and, and weird stuff and mm-hmm. cool people on there. So uh, there's lots of stuff to do, folks. Just lots yeah. of stuff. You can fill your damn days full. Check it, check it, check it, check it out, y'all. That's all the business I've got, Dave. Sweet. Oh, the only thing I've got to take care of is next time on Bullstone. Nation continues to grieve as 2016 is still not over. Brave Capitol Hill lawmakers refuse to be distracted by the Flint, Michigan water crisis while transgenders are peeing in bathrooms without their express permission. My Bonnie lies over the Billy Ocean? We'll tell you why Irish girls are going gaga for the 80s pop singer. All these tip-whipping stories and more next time on Bullstone. I'm going to run out of penis things to say eventually. You take that back. Day. <laughs> I'm just saying we need to be stewards of the penis joke, okay? We can't just simply take and take and take without planting penis joke seeds. <laughs> Who was the last person to take the last penis joke? Yeah. And what were they thinking? What was going through their heads? I am the Lorax. I'm moonlighting. <laughs> It's not the best gig I've had. <laughs> I speak for the D's. <laughs> Gives a whole new whole new meaning to Jared Diamond's collapse. <laughs> yeah.